was developing new issues. I was, I was having a lot of body pain, a lot of joint pain. I was definitely feeling very depressed. I was also experiencing more cold sores, more, uh, I was having fevers randomly. I was definitely, something was not right, but I was reluctant to go back to, the, to a doctor. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show, episode number 308 of the Health Detective Podcast, and we're just rolling right along here into the 300s, very fun. So if you guys were on, I think just last week or the week before, uh, we had Tina on, awesome episode, and Christy here with us today is one of those four nurses of that episode that you guys loved a couple months back. It was it was so much fun to see uh, four friends go through this, four people that have a very Western background um, go through the functional diagnostic nutrition certification. So we wanted to bring back each of them individually to kind of dive into their own unique stories because everyone has that. And then we do have um, a cool topic today that I think is, is really powerful, again, from this Western perspective, or at least sharing that Western perspective, because you don't have to necessarily accept um, your diagnoses and that's not some, you know, hippie young guy saying that. This is a credentialed person that can give you this information. So I'm going to dive into Christy's bio and then we will jump right into it. Christy Roderick is a 41-year-old registered nurse and board-certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who worked with chronically ill patients for nearly a decade. Through her experience in this field, along with her own health journey, she realized there is an undeniable need to focus on prevention using a holistic approach that would appeal to everyone. Driven by a desire to make a difference, she decided to expand her knowledge and expertise by becoming an FDN practitioner, allowing her to blend her clinical nursing experience with the principles of functional medicine. And through this process, it has transformed her understanding of how to help others achieve optimal health. She works closely with each of her clients to unravel the complexities of their health challenges. From hormonal imbalances to digestive issues, she peels back the layers of dysfunction to guide her clients to make choices for long-term change. Her goal is to empower her clients with the knowledge and tools to finally regain control of their health and live a vibrant, uh, fulfilling life. Dang it, almost made it through the whole bio without stumbling. Christy, uh, welcome to the show again. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. I am super, super excited to be here. Cool. So obviously, again, we're going to focus on this broader topic today of maybe not accepting a diagnosis or, or why there's more than meets the eye when you do get these labels. Um, but if it's appropriate, and I'm sure you expected this, I'd love to kind of revisit um, some of the health experiences that you might have had because everyone kind of has this on the show. And that was the one thing that was driving me crazy when I got to interview all four of you. It's like I felt that there was so much more to pull out um, and you were all being like so respectful to each other by not going so deep into it and we only had 50 minutes. So um, I'll ask uh, the same question that I would have asked that day, uh, but what did this health journey look like for you when it started um, and when did it start? Yeah, 
So for me, um, I really started to notice um, symptoms right in my early 30s. And to give a little bit of a backstory, um, healthy child, grew up on a military base in Charleston, South Carolina, um, no issues throughout the, my childhood in, and really into my 20s. I was very healthy, very active, very social, um, type A kind of person, uh, personality. And so I um, kind of breezed through my, my 20s, um, graduated nursing school, I got married, I, um, we built a home, I had my second child by the age of 28, so I sort of covered a lot of ground um, you know, in the 20, in my 20s, feeling really good. The one thing that stands out though about my 20s is that I did have a breast augmentation surgery. And so this is um, something that I think was a pretty big component um, and what kind of led me um, to where I, you know, went, where I ended up overall. But so this surgery, um, it, you know, I, sought out the best surgeon, had recommendations from friends, and went in um, excited and um, had complications almost immediately with the surgery. And so it really um, looked like I, I developed something called a capsular, or capsular contracture in the left um, breast. And so that um, required multiple revisions, which pretty much immediately, um, multiple revisions and which also came with the post-op um, regimen of, you know, Levaquin, uh, lots of uh, broad-spectrum antibiotics like Levaquin, Valium, um, ibuprofen, and I had done this, you know, several times. This this thing was like very persistent, and so, um, but eventually, and and with the guidance of my plastic surgeon, who I trusted with everything, um, he kept he kept telling me, you know, eventually your immune system will calm down, and. Um, that stuck with me. It didn't seem, and I, and I asked all the questions, you know, like, why is my immune system doing this? Why is this happening to me, right? Um, am I not a candidate? Should I just go ahead and remove these? Um, and he was like, nope, we're going to work this out. This will be, you know, it'll be fine. And eventually it, it actually calmed down and it was. And so, um, so anyhow, fast forwarding into my 30s, um, I hadn't had any problems for, you know, probably six years at this point. But I was starting to feel sort of like a watered down version of myself. And so I started doing things like um, extreme exercising, like, you know, just jump in head first. Um, I wanted to feel healthy and um, vibrant again. I was struggling with some mood issues. Um, I was struggling with energy um, issues. And so I started doing things like CrossFit. I just went gung ho into the um, you know, the fitness space, if you will. And so, uh, and also doing like different diets, um, trying, you know, paleo diets. At one point I was even, I even tried the vegan diet for a little while. I was very curious about how these sorts of, you know, this way of eating or this way of exercising would, would change my body and, and how I felt. Um, because I was struggling and I, and I wasn't sure what it meant, you know, what, what was going on, but I wasn't at a point to seek medical um, help at this time. But unfortunately, because I was exercising, or this is what I was told by my plastic surgeon, um, because I was exercising in the way that I was, I redeveloped this capsular contracture again. And um, at this point, he said, you know, this is, we need to replace the implant. And so we did. And, um, all, you know, that post-op regimen of antibiotics and ibuprofen and, and, and benzodiazepines to, to relax the muscle um, all that was put into place. And pretty soon after I started to experience, um, 
some pretty awful digestive issues, uh, lots of GI issues, um, painful, um, painful um, stomach cramping, uh, you know, when I was eating various things, um, lots of bloating, lots of constipation, uh, bouts of, um, there was times where it didn't seem like my bowel was functioning, functioning at all. And I could check this, you know, I, I, you know, it's part of my job as a nurse to listen to bowel sounds. So I was very familiar with uh, what I needed to sort of monitor in myself and those things weren't taking place. So eventually I did end up being referred to um, a GI doctor and was diagnosed with IBS. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what is irritating this? What is causing this? Because um, it was, you know, obviously painful, kind of miserable to, to be going through. And um, she said, you know, we really don't know, um, but we're going to give you, you know, medications to help with the constipation and things like that. And unfortunately, those medications sort of led me to, they, they worked sometimes in other medications actually, and I ended up in the ER um, with just an overstimulated bowel, you know, praying to, to God that I wasn't having like a bowel perforation something pretty severe. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was sort of a long road. I ended up every test under the sun, um, you know, ended up doing um, pretty much everything, Cat, uh, CT, ultrasound, you know, whatever, whatever uh, we could look at. And they just kept saying, you have IBS, you need to take these medications. This is, mm-hmm. this is what you need to accept. And um, I did that for a while. And then eventually I said, no, I need to figure this out on my own. I tapered back on the medication and I started to dive in again to diet, um, increasing fibers and increasing fluids and, and things like that, trying to get myself back the or back to baseline, I guess you should say, or I guess I could say. And then the other thing that started to happen was um, throughout this process, I also started to experience um, major uh, mood fluctuations, a lot of brain fog, inability to concentrate. Um, anxiety. I was just walking around in a fog and I was a nurse, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, this is not, this is not okay. I need to really uh, figure this out. And so I went to my primary care doctor and I said, listen, I need the, I need the full panel. We need to like, I got to figure that I have to figure this out. And um, so we, you know, we did a full physical checked, you know, thyroid labs, you know, check the basics really. And, um, and she said, you know what? I think this might be something else. Let me, I'm going to ask you a few questions and, you know, just answer them as honestly as possible. And we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. And I said, okay. So she asked me, I think it was around 20 questions. And he, at the end of it, she said, you have ADHD. <laughs> and I thought, okay, interesting. Um, it, I, I was thankful that she was, you know, listening and hearing what I was saying. But at the same time, it, it was, it didn't resonate with me as far as the answer, you know, to, to what I was experiencing. Yeah. But I, yeah. You know, it was just like, okay. Um, so anyhow, and I kind of, I was kind of frustrated at this point, like okay, more medication. Cause she wanted me, she wanted me on stimulants and she wanted me on something called Vyvanse. And so I told her that I wasn't, I wasn't going to take that immediately. I was going to have to seek an, a second opinion. And so I did, and I um, hired, uh, or I went to see a psychologist who I spent quite a bit of time with, and he said, you know, you are testing in a way that, that does indicate you have, you know, an inability um, to focus correctly. Like, it's definitely happening. He wanted to do brain scan, a, a very specific type of brain scan. He wanted to do some cognitive behavioral therapy with me, 
he had a plan. He didn't think the stimulants were necessarily something I should jump to, but the things that he, you know, were the things that he wanted to do um, were expensive <laughs> and weren't covered by insurance and, and that sort of thing. And so I ended up feeling, you know, I was very desperate. I was um, having a lot of anxiety at work. Again, I wasn't, I wasn't focusing. I, it was just um, a really, really just awful time. And so I opted to take her advice and start on Vyvanse. And, and then I ended up on Adderall. I, I had to switch around quite a bit because I, it just was an awful experience. And I know a lot of people misuse these drugs and they, and they seek out these drugs. For me, it was the complete opposite. Um, I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of hair. Um, as, as a female, that's sort of a, you know, a big issue. And um, I felt like a zombie, really. And so um, to kind of shorten this a little bit, I, I ended up uh, on it. I was on it for a year. I ended up really requiring it for my, for my source of energy every day. And I mean, I wasn't misusing it. Um, I think that's a misconception that, you know, in order to have adverse um, issues or maybe to become dependent on something that you, you have to misuse it in some way. And and I definitely wasn't, you know, I was taking my, you know, prescription every morning, but it was like I had to reach over and take it just to eventually get out of bed. It was, you know, not ideal. And so I went to her and I said, I, I want to wean off of this. And she was very reluctant. She wanted to put me on something else, but she wanted me to, to put me on antidepressants. And I thought, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that at this point. And so I ended up weaning on my own because she was that resistant to me doing this. Um, and so I weaned on my own and, uh, which was, I don't recommend that um, at all ever for anybody. It was really, really horrible. And so, um, and after that, I just was, I, I started to eat. I felt a little bit more alive because I was able to eat correctly. Um, it's very hard. It was very hard for me to, to figure out how to eat. It was, I didn't have an appetite. I, I didn't really require, um, food. I just, I was, you know, just kind of like a zombie. And, um, and so, um, I, you know, started to eat, started to, uh, I started to dive into things like meditation and I was really seeking ways to, to heal my brain and, and heal my body. And, um, I then, um, at the next point, um, I, uh, ran into a, my, one of my business partners, Sabrina at, um, a little uh, family Christmas gathering my brother-in-law uh, threw a little Christmas party. And she said, I remember her seeing me and she was like, you look horrible. <laughs> um, and at this point I was having pretty much all the issues I was having before, right? I was having all my digestive issues. I was still having all my brain fog. Nothing was resolved, you know, through, throughout the, all of that. Um, and now I was developing um, new issues. I was, I was having a lot of body pain, a lot of joint pain. Um, I was definitely feeling very depressed. Um, I was also, um, experiencing, um, more cold sores, more, uh, I was having fevers randomly. I was definitely, something was not right, but I was reluctant to go back to a, to a doctor, you know? And so she said, well, there's a lot of people that are actually now relating some issues to their breast implants. <laughs> and I thought, well, wow, that's in interesting because I've had so many issues with them. That would make a lot of sense for me. And so eventually I, um, I wanted to know what that meant. I hired a different plastic surgeon, went down the road of X plant, 
and then hired a functional uh, or holistic practitioner to sort of, she, she, do, she doesn't test the same way FDNs do and, and her testing was um, sort of, uh, it was just a little bit more of a, um, more blood, just blood work and she would kind of pick out what she, you know, thought um, made sense for you. And, and so I realized that I did have, you know, I did have thyroid antibodies. I had an underfunctioning thyroid. Um, I had, you know, some methylation issues. I wasn't digesting protein. Um, I had low stomach acid. So some of the things that this is when I was first introduced to any of this, you know, (laughs) never heard of it. Mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what is happening? This is like a whole nother world. And, um, so I started to implement some of that and then, um, still, still reluctant. I found an integrative, um, endocrinologist in Charleston and she, I was more drawn to her because of the functional side of her business. So I liked that she was able to help me navigate some of the thyroid issues and to really give me a diagnosis and that sort of thing if I needed it um, to understand what that meant for me. But I really um, wanted to explore the functional side. And she that's the first time I um, was introduced to GI map testing and food sensitivity testing and, and did some of those things with her. And it's really when I started to move the needle for the first time um, with my health. I, you know, did a whole GI protocol, removed gluten. That was huge. Um, and to no surprise, after all the antibiotics and all of the things that I went through, I had, you know, a really insufficient microbiome that I that needed and, and still needs maintenance to this day. You know, I still and we're, you know, still this going to be working on that for, for some time I have, you know. And so anyhow, um, yeah, so then I found, um, or through my friend Sabrina that you guys met or, you know, on the last podcast with us, um, she introduced me to this, to the FDN program. And um, I realized it was so much, it was so similar to what had, what helped me, you know, finally turn the page. So sorry, that was kind of long winded. <laughs> no, 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 these are my, I'm being serious. These are my favorite <laughs> answers. And I know you actually listen to the show. So um, you might know that. Like, I love when, it's one thing if the person's, you know, not going in like a chronological order, then I kind of have to help keep it on track. But mm-hmm. I loved what you just shared, right? It gives us one so much to work with. <laughs> we, we have yeah. a lot to talk about. Uh, but at the same time, it gives us some real insight into your journey and, and what you've actually experienced and why you're even on a show like this today. You know, I feel like I know you very well, and I'm sure the audience feels that way too. Mm-hmm. One thing I almost want to um, backtrack to then come back to where we're at here. So I think that this question or this type of question is important because I know when someone clicks on something like this and the title, I guess today doesn't necessarily imply everything we were going to talk about, but we'll have it in the show notes in the YouTube description. So someone will find this um, because of maybe breast implant stuff or whatever it might be. And I'm curious for you, you, you actually said this in the beginning, you know, by the time you were 28, um, you had kind of checked a lot of these boxes. And this is something I'm 28 now, especially in women. I noticed that and, and I can understand this for a variety of reasons. I understand that there's like this different type of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. There's almost like this time frame that society has implanted in their minds that I need to have this by this age and this by this and this by this. Mm-hmm. Some of it's very real. Like if you want to have kids, obviously, no matter how functional you are, there's a practical side to that. I get it. Um, and it's something I've had to open my mind up to because as a dude, I'm like, yeah, if I figure this out by 40, I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that, that that's okay. Yeah. Um, but with that said, for someone that, that did have everything going for them, you had this very Western background 
and probably a great career. Nursing is always a good thing to do. What were the, I guess, the emotions at the time when this was initially happening? I mean, there had to be, I'm guessing, confusion and fear because everything's going pretty damn well. Not, I'm not saying life's perfect, but everything's going overall well for the first 28 years. And then it's like, bam, this stuff starts happening. So what were you like feeling and thinking at the time? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, it was very confusing. And I think that's why this, like my story is, it's not necessarily unique in, in any fashion. I feel like a lot of people will be able to sort of relate to like the progression of things and relate to the frustration and the desperation that you feel in this. And for me, it was very confusing because here I am, I'm part of this system. Um, I'm proud of this system. I'm proud of my education, right? Like I was that nurse, like I was top of my nursing class. Like <laughs> I loved this stuff and I still do. I love science. I love it. It's, it's, it's truly part of my identity. And so here I am, you know, I'm doing, I'm trusting the people that are a part of the system with me. And I'm tr and my friends and my support group were also part of this, 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 this system and, and we were all trained similarly. So the people I was going to for advice were, you know, saying, well, listen to your doctors, listen to your doctors. And my, my intuition was telling me this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so it was very confusing. And, and a lot of times I, um, I didn't listen, I didn't listen to myself. I, and that's sort of, I mean, that's kind of sprinkled throughout my story is that there were plenty of times where I was asking questions, um, I, you know, I asked all the questions to the plastic surgeon and I asked all, you know, are these safe? I will say too, that the, you know, the, the, at the time I had this breast augmentation, it was the, he, the surgeon had just started to use silicone again, which in my mind was a red flag. I'm like, wait a minute, this wasn't, my friends don't have that. <laughs> you know, my friends that used you, you have saline and what's, what is, is this safe, you know? And then, so there was thing, there was that, I had a lot of questions um, and, and he met those questions. Um, you know, he did, he answered them very well for me and what I knew then. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was very frustrating and it, and it did, it led to a lot of frustration at the same time I was waking up to, I'm, I'm working with chronically ill patients every day. And so I'm waking up to like this, this, um, this sort of brokenness that like, I'm not getting what I need. And I, and I'm looking around me going, well, no wonder these people ended up, you know, no wonder this happens the way it does, because if I know what I know and could advocate for myself, you could still ask questions, you know, and still end up with, you know, with none of this really being enough to keep me healthy and keep, keep me from developing autoimmunity and, and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, to answer your question, it was it was desperation. It was frustration. Uh, it was all of the emotions that you could sort of, you know, imagine. Yeah. And it's such a good perspective, like seeing these clients and these patients who are also dealing with this is probably like humbling in a sense where you're like, OK, even I'm not able to figure this out at this moment in time, at least. And then look at these people like they have other jobs, they have other careers and passions that have nothing to do with this. And they yeah. they come to these hospitals or they come to these offices hoping for the best that it's like. Holy cow, you know, you're kind of putting your um, health in the hands of someone else that might be in a system that is life saving at times, but incomplete at other times, which is, again, why I, I really love what you guys are doing with the Revive Functional Wellness. You're kind of combining mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. So thank you for humoring me there. That was my rewind question. Now, going back to where we're at in this story, mm -hmm. um, as you were, you mentioned that you tried different dietary stuff. You did the paleo, you did the vegan thing. I was in the same boat, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't really care per se. Um, you know, if I could 
could not kill Bambi. That that's great, but admittedly, it was selfish interests at the time. I just wanted to try anything to make me feel better. And you're, you're willing to kind of do all these different things. What what allowed you to break that paradigm of the Western medicine? Because I know that you said this, you have this intuition, um, which I love. I think there's so many females, especially that get on this show and their intuition is so powerful. And they say that's how they kind of broke this gap initially uh, or broke through the gap initially. But it, it's still, there's there's still something that's so tough about taking that first action, whether it's like, I'm going to do something with my diet to help these health issues that, you know, Western medicine might never say change your diet for. So was there any like external influence that led you to that first step? I don't know. I'm not sure if it was specifically paleo or vegan, but like, how do you actually make that first step away from I'm fully Western here to now, maybe I, I toy around with this dietary stuff or whatever. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I don't know exactly where it all came from originally. Um, I will say that, you know, I will say that a lot of it may have been intuitive or it may have been something I was reading at the time or I have a very curious mind. I tend to consume information at rapid rates. So it probably was me diving into something. Um, but um, I will I will say to you, like, I've always, um, you know, was taught, I think even my father was very physically active. He was military and, and I was, you know, taught that when your brain is suffering, you know, do something physical, like, you know, work out. And, and so, and the next step, the next part of that was to start to eat a certain way. And, and I will say the, the CrossFit environment sort of, um, they, they, you know, a lot of people follow the paleo diet and that sort of thing too. So um, I think that's kind of where it started for me was like, okay, well, all my CrossFit friends are trying this paleo diet. I think I'm going to try it, try it too. Uh, you know, and so that's, started it that started sort of my interest in oh wow i feel this way on the paleo diet the problem with me on the paleo diet or something that resulted from this that i didn't share before was that i started to develop to, to develop kidney stones oh, and so which and then i entered, started developing kidney infections because i had stones and um on more antibiotics and things like that so i backed away from that but i did feel really great so it it just to me was um, something that I was really curious in. I will also say, like, even looking back into my twenties, like ha having, you know, having children, I was never somebody that I, you know, I, I never was one somebody that wanted to have, you know, my children eating baby baby food. I made all my baby food. Like there were parts of me that were just intuitively doing things, and I'm not exactly sure where they came from. But I think the trying all the diet, you know, trying all the diets phase was uh, originally um, something that. Um, came from like just the whole CrossFit world. Uh, yeah. Fitness so space. It was educated intuition because you, mm -hmm. you did have this external influence, mm -hmm. but you still trusted your gut enough to say, hey, I'm going to do this. And um, mm -hmm. I mean, if there's one thing we could promote on this show, I think it's that, you know, I'm, and I'm all for intuition in general, but mm -hmm. you know, you got to, you don't just start going and doing crazy things and whatever you feel that day because intuition and impulse can sometimes uh, be a little blurred in our minds yeah. as human beings. I know it can be in mine. So, I think there's a time and place, though, to say, hey, you're a nurse, for gosh sake, and mm -hmm. graduate top of your class, or you're a very educated nurse, and it's still not working this system that you put your faith in and mm -hmm. trusted for at least your particular set of issues at the mm -hmm. time. So it's not uh, crazy or bold uh, by any means to say, maybe I try something else because what I'm doing um, isn't working. So, you know, kind of circling this all together and getting to this topic today of not accepting the diagnosis, um, you know, what is that? 
really mean for the layperson because they might be listening to someone like you and say, okay, well, look at her, man. She's obviously super smart. She has this background. You know, how do I know if I shouldn't accept it? And I don't think you mean that uh, so literally. You're not saying like get a diagnosis from the doctor tomorrow and then, oh, no, screw that doc. I'm not listening to this. So what does it actually mean to not fully like accept or settle rather for a diagnosis? Yeah, it means to, you know, you know, like listening, even listening to this information, right? If I had this information, you know, high insight's always 2020. But if I had this information, this type of information that, you know, is shared on, on these podcasts, this information alone would have allowed me to better equip myself to challenge some of the, some of the diagnosis that I was receiving. And like, you know, if you, if you're, you know, if you're told you have a, you know, you know, if, whatever it is that you're being diagnosed with, I mean, take it seriously, but I was being diagnosed with things that are sort of like, we don't really know what's wrong with you. You know, like IBS is like, what, what is IBS? What is irritating this bowel? What is, where is this, where is my ADHD coming from? Do I have ADHD tendencies? Yes. I, I mean, I do, but was it causing all of a sudden this severe, um, brain fog and inability to, to function, um, mentally that didn't sit well. So the, so the idea is like, if you feel in, you, if you feel like it doesn't make sense, don't stop there, you know, dig in, find somebody that can help you. And there are, um, you know, there are people out there and, and thankfully, you know, back when I was going through all this, you know, there weren't Facebook lives and there were, you know, there, there was, um, the information was harder to, to get a hold of. Um, but I think that's it. Like if you, if you're not satisfied with, with what you're being told, if you're not satisfied with adding another prescription to your pile, if you're not satisfied with it, um, you know, seek the information that you need, work with somebody that can help you and, and, and advocate for yourself the best you can. I know, I know it's an intimidating space too. I'm not going to pretend it's not. And it was intimidating for me. I, I mean, even as a nurse, um, there's, it is kind of like a running joke that nurses are the worst patients because, we just kind of, you know, we're just like, mm, I don't know about that. You know, we can be kind of tough in that way. But, um, you know, there were times where I was, you know, there was there was quite a bit of medical gaslighting that I experienced. Like I experienced a lot of what what a, a lot of people, you know, do experience. But um, I think finding the courage to say, well, you know, why is this happening to me, and and what can I do about it? Is is just it, it's half the battle, right? So yeah. that's you know. That's so real what you just talked about because it, I mean, by definition, it is intimidating because especially these doctors out there, it, even if they're the best people in the world, there is a certain thing that's implanted in our minds from a very young age that this is an authority figure. They are mm -hmm. clearly smart. They're probably smarter than me. Mm -hmm. um, they make more money, probably more money than us, right? So it's like, and they're very educated, right? They had the discipline to go do all this schooling. Um, so there's plenty of doctors in the world, but statistically speaking, no, they're kind of an anomaly. It's not the norm uh, to have all of those traits together. And I, I think many of us, you know, for better or for worse, we kind of just listen blindly um, to what they have to say. And yes, there is a probably a time and place for that to say, hey, I, I need to take your advice here. Um, but we also need to understand that just because they have all these wonderful attributes to them, uh, they're still humans. And every human, no matter how smart, no matter how educated and how much money they make is inherently flawed. That's something right. that we all experience. Um, every system that we've ever created as human beings is inherently flawed. Really like history is us just doing a little bit better over time. <laughs> we haven't found anything perfect yet for pretty much anything that we do. Sure. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. But I think for many people, uh, you know, I've always 
this is not always a good trait to be clear, Christy, but sometimes I'm a little more outspoken and, and bold with stuff, uh, maybe, maybe arrogantly so. And so at 18, you know, when I was challenging these doctors, it's funny, like I never really thought twice about it. I was just like, oh yeah, this is wrong. I'm not accepting this, but that's not the default for most people. So I think it's, um, I, I just appreciate your transparency with your education and background still saying that, hey, even I experienced uh, some of the Im intimidation that can happen with this and the medical gaslighting and all these things. Um, but yeah, that's what not settling for the diagnosis means. I love how you describe this. It's not just ignore everything that Western medicine said, but it's really like, listen to what's going on, see if it doesn't feel right. But at the same time, I think there's a practical side to this as well. Um, if I may, the practical side for me was at 18, I now am receiving my seventh diagnosed condition. No one is making any progress with any of the things that I have, to be clear. At some point, even as an 18 year old who, you know, at that point doesn't even have a full uh, high school education, you gotta sit and wonder, how does this make sense? So that was like a practical um, insight to me. I'm like, this just doesn't add up. I'm like, this sick at 18, what the hell is 68 gonna look like? Um, you know, I, it didn't, um, it didn't jive right. And if nothing else, having that curiosity, and you mentioned that word curiosity, you're a curious person, that's healthy. So if I'm still listening to the Western medicine while I'm also enabling my curiosity and just kind of doing some research, trying some different things that are harmless, it wasn't going to hurt anyone for me to change my diet while I took the medications that the doctor wanted me to take. And then I found, wow, I don't necessarily need these things anymore. So um, that was my case. Your results may vary. Not a, not a claim here, but just saying. So you obviously had this very profound experience. Um, overall with the health issues, but especially this kind of final experience here where you're learning about things that were not taught in nursing school. And yet, ironically, they are the exact things that helped you with your health issues. So where did um, where did this transition from you just being a patient slash client of the functional world, if we'll call it that, to saying, well, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to add this to my repertoire because apparently I'm not educated enough already. And I'm now going to go do this as well. When did that start? Yeah, so that was, um, so it was funny because I was um, really, I, I really necessarily, I wasn't interested in necessarily like starting a business or anything like that, but I just kept feeling this call to like, there's not a, there's not a lot of options in our area. So that was my first thing. Like if I needed somebody like myself, I was going to have to go outside of the area for sure. Somebody that uh, or an FDN, I should say, if I needed to, to seek um, this sort of uh, service, it would definitely, it was definitely not available in my area. And it just, it, what happened, what happened too with, um, with the four of us that you guys met is that we, I don't know, you know, call it a higher, you know, high, if you believe in a higher power, divine intervention, mm -hmm. we all, we all experienced similar things, um, in that we needed to look outside of our conventional training for our own health or for somebody in our family or our child. And so we all came together and we're like, this feels like we need to do this. Like this, this needs to be done. Um, whether or not we want to, you know, go through with starting a business and all the things that come in, come with that. Um, we need to, we need to be able to offer that. And so that, that's really how it was born. It was like, who, if not us, who else was the question, you yep. know, like, um, and so, and, and, and because we had the nursing background, we felt like, you know, we were already, you know, we sort of had the education of the human body, you know, the pharmacology that, you know, obviously is going to play into this because people are on, you know, medications and, and things like that. And then obviously, you know, the psychology of it, the advocacy of it, the, 
the patient advocacy that we were already very familiar with. And we're like, well, gosh, you know, this, this makes a lot of sense. So that's how that started was, you know, just a, a combined um, interest. And we just felt like this was something that we needed to do. As you were going through the FDN course, um, were there things that you were learning in there? I, I know that there's plenty of news things, but what I'm curious about is, are there things that you were learning in there that might have been in direct contradiction uh, to what you learned in Western medicine? And I'm not necessarily even arguing, you know, one's right and one's wrong. I am sure, and you know, I don't think Reed would be mad at me for saying this, if you go through the entire FDN course and you go through the entire nursing school curriculum, there's probably some things that are wrong in both about the other side. You know, that's just everything is somewhat flawed. So we're we're transparent enough to admit that here. But I'm just curious, were there things that you were learning that you're like, I never even thought about that. I was never taught that. Um, this is like, you thought this one way and now it's really this way. And do you remember any of those examples by any chance or mm -hmm. no? I just feel like in general, I don't really know of an example right off the top of my head and I'm sure I'll think of a million after we get <laughs> off this, this podcast, but... Um, <laughs> I will, I will say this, it feel, it feels like comparing apples and oranges. Mm. Um, so this whole time I'm, you know, dealing with all these health, uh, stressors, if you will, I was being asked about my stress level and, but nobody was explaining that. And the way that you're trained is so organ specific or so system specific, you know, you're trained about the lungs, you're trained about the brain, you're trained about, you know, whatever the kidneys, whatever it is. Um, and so obviously when you're trained that way and, and, and the doctors you're dealing with aren't really necessarily connecting the dots for you and, you know, well, how does, you know, how does my digestive tr symptoms, how is that starting with stress? Like, so there was a lot of this eye, like eye opening aha moments being trained this way that was like, it just, it just felt so, um, it just made so much sense, right? For the first time, I'm like, I get it. Like, this is what, this is what, this is how we're supposed to be looking at our health. Like, this makes perfect sense. This, you know, and even in, and even in the hospital, it was funny. Like, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily funny, but, you know, I was in charge of, you know, five, six patients at a time. And, um, you know, one doctor would come in and, you know, say he was a nephrologist in charge of, you know, the kidneys. And then, He'd make he'd write some orders and then the cardiologist would come in and, and cancel all those orders. And no, no, that's not good for the heart. And so it was just like there like there was a lot of, you know, organ specific treatments in place, but there wasn't like the whole body was just not considered. And so that's the difference to me is like FDN and, and training in a functional way just highlighted all of that. It made so much sense. Um and it just answers so many questions, you know? Yeah. So kind of a, a final point here. And then I, I want to ask more about your guys' business and the clientele that you serve. And we did touch on that with Tina. So I, I kind of have a unique way to ask it today. Um, but in terms of not settling for the diagnosis, one other thing I, I wanted to, it, it's more sharing my perspective and seeing what you think about it. And if you have anything to add, the way that I look at this now, especially after having the kind of privilege of doing all these interviews, it's one thing to work with clients, but I, I've done more interviews and I work with clients. There's hundreds of interviews. And at, at first, when I got into this space, I almost thought that there might have been like I, I was fully convinced that you could reverse conditions. I'd seen that myself. So that's not even a claim. I saw it happen to me. So I knew it must be possible for one of the other 7 billion people on this earth. Like it has to be. But I kind of wondered what the limitations were on it. I wondered, are there certain diseases or certain diagnoses that just no matter what, it's not going to get better? Um, and, I, and I 
do imagine that there's some of those out there. But at the same time, there have been there have been so many people that have gotten on here and there have been so many little weird reasons that they were sick and they discovered that and they got better. So now I'm kind of like, I have no idea what the upper limit is mm -hmm. on healing. And so I advise people not to settle for the diagnosis, maybe in different words, but mm -hmm. to not settle for the diagnosis, again, from a purely practical standpoint of, I don't think we have any idea what we can actually resolve or put into remission or, you know, dare I even say something like cure. I don't think we understand that yet, even in the functional medicine space, let alone Western. So is that a, a perspective? Do you think that's accurate or is there anything to add there? Just, I don't think we know yet. And I think that's actually beautiful to have this ignorance because it, it's hopeful, it's exciting. Yeah, I would totally agree with that statement, um, 100%. And, you know, it, and I think eventually and long-term, hopefully, you know, science will sort of, you know, dive in, in into this a little bit more and give us um, more information on, on where this can go. But I think practice, you know, practicing it in a way that literally is, you know, so open minded, like, let's just dive in and see what we can achieve. And, um, and so, you know, I know through the process, I am was able to put my Hashimoto's into remission through the, the protocols that were established through FDN. And so where I was told, you know, oh, you know, this is, you know, it's it's hard to keep in remission, you know, focus a little bit more on maybe, um, you know, keeping those thyroid labs in range. We'll, we'll, we'll understand, you know, because I was working with a, an integrative um, endocrinologist, we'll, we'll understand, um, you know, we'll, we'll make changes in the microbiome and we'll make change, you know, eliminate food sensitivity testing and stuff, stuff like that. But there was that the stress component wasn't necessarily factored in, like the hormone component wasn't factored in, but ultimately the stress component, um, I needed to change that, you know, there was so much more, the, so many more layers that were added, um, you know, just in the way that, you know, we were trained. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit. I think, um, I try to be realistic with people and say, you know, this isn't, this is, a, you know, definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And as we continue, uh, you know, to implement these really positive changes and reduce those stressors and, and, um, continue to work on things, there's, there's no telling, um, you know, what we can do with it. So I love that. And I, I just thank you for, if nothing else, validating that perspective mm -hmm. because for me again, I, I do think people trust me and I, I think they can hear the conviction of my voice and that's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to be someone without a real college education. I, I certainly don't have any Western medicine background. I just have the story. So I think it's especially impactful for people that have this Western background to also share this sentiment that it's like, guys, listen, we don't know um, anyone in what anyone in medicine, functional or not, that tells you that they know everything, I'd be very skeptical of that person. Um, and I think us not knowing is actually a good thing. I don't think it's bad because I think it means that there should never be a truly hopeless situation. I think it means that we should always be trying to explore new things and figure out what can I do for my health condition. Um, and I look, I love the marathon thing, right? Because I just look for 1% increases. What can I do to move it 1%? And then I just say, well, if I could have moved it 1%, why not two? <laughs> you know, and if you keep moving 1% over time, well, all of a sudden, like me, you know, you look at back from 10 years ago and you say, wow, I was sick as a dog with seven different diagnosed conditions 10 years ago. And this week, you know, cumulative exercise hours will probably exceed 10, mm -hmm. um, right? I'm able to do that. I can work jobs that I like throughout most of the day. I can manage a business. Wow, how did that happen? Well, it's those little 1% getting your health back. Absolutely, absolutely. And they do, you know, things c compound or when you're not taking care of, 
you know, one issue, you, you don't, you, you're not, especially the way that we were trained, you're not really um, 100% sure of what that's gonna, you know, affect later. And so like for a great example is like, you know, I had all these gastro, you know, I had all these digestive issues really is what it was. Um, the diagnosis was IBS, but that was definitely, whatever was going on there was also affecting my mental health. Like that, pro so by, by just as accepting the diagnosis of IBS, I was actually, you know, neglecting my health overall, which was causing other issues. So it's like, that's the, I think that's definitely like the takeaway is, you know, we have an alarm system. The body is gonna tell us when things are off. And, and you know, like to not, to quote read like you know your your sleep issue is an ambient deficiency i love that one um but you know your 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 my my bowel issues was where it wasn't a medication deficiency i i clearly had something um larger at play and the downstream consequences of that you know who knows what would have continued had i just said okay i have ibs i'm going to take these medications for the rest of my life or yep. i have adhd i'm going to take this stimulant for the rest of my life where you know where would what would my life look like right now had i just been like okay this is it you know this is me and and accepted it you know yeah uh one quick comment from the audience here joe said love this conversation reminds me of her grandmother we actually had joe paid on the show before mm -hmm. and her grandmother was one lived a very long and healthy mm -hmm. life but was so so ahead of her time had this nursing background but was already like into the herbs into the diet mm -hmm. stuff um decades before we're having this conversation now so um very cool now i i said We've obviously are not only had multiple opportunities already to shout out your guys' business, but we'll continue to do that with Sabrina and Emily. Um, so what I wanted to ask you is, what's your favorite part about what you guys are doing right now? Because as a self-proclaimed science nerd that you are, I I'd love to know, like, are there any particular labs that you're just like, oh, when I get results back from this one, I really love it, or a particular area of study that you're working on now? So I I'd love to hear what you're nerding out on because when they when a client works with you guys, uh, for those that might be listening for the first time and don't know, they technically get all four of you. So mm -hmm. I'd love to know what your favorite part of your group is. Yeah, I, I will say that I definitely have obviously um, a personal connection when it comes to um, people that are dealing with thyroid conditions um, or just just looking at thyroid labs alone, um, you know, looking at those ranges a little bit more specific to functional ranges and understanding, um, you know, the, th the thyroid, um, people's thyroid health in general it's hard for me to decide. I really love it all. I do love the GI map test. I love digging into the microbiome, understanding, you know, how this aspect of, of the microbiome affects this aspect of your health. You know, I'm all trying to, um, listen and learn as much as I can. It, there's a lot to learn and it's, I think we're, we're going to be students forever. This is just, it's, 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 it's exciting because I, that that's definitely something that I'm okay with, you know, just continuing to learn. But I really, um, I think I like them all because I'm, I feel like I'm truly able to deliver answers. And so, uh, you know, when I go through protocols with clients, it, everything correlates, everything's really giving me this picture of them. And sometimes they're like, I feel like you have a, like you, you're like a, um, telling my future or like they feel like I know them just by looking at their labs. And Obviously, I'm also um, on the other side of things. I'm also listening, and I'm I'm validating. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to their stories. I'm validating their feelings. I'm, um, 
sometimes expressing expressing frustration. Like they're calling me some, a, a lot of times they're calling rather frustrated or helpless or hopeless or um, tired, just you know, tired of the, the search and, or the search for answers. And so I feel it's exciting to be able to, to give people answers, finally give answers. So. Yeah. It's one of, it's one of the best feelings ever because mm -hmm. you just use the words, well, both are accurate, helpless and hopeless. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about today. Uh, one of the things we mentioned was how you really should have hope because the ignorance means that we don't know everything. And so if we don't know everything, there almost by definition has to be hope. Um, and when you're able to get someone in uh, to a literal office or to a virtual office or whatever it might be, and you're the first person that they worked with that shows them something that they can actually improve. They probably got plenty of labels before that, mm -hmm. but they don't think that they can do anything about it. When you show them something that they can improve, it's, it's hilarious in a sense. And it really is because from our practitioner perspective, we might be like, Oh my God, these labs look awful. Yeah. They look at this like, thank you. <laughs> yes. Awful labs. Yeah. And you know, they're not happy literally about the labs per se, but it's because, okay, wait, in our world, when we get lab results back, we do something about it. We don't just say, oh, yeah, you have this. Sorry. Good luck. No, no. This is what we can do to help get these numbers better. And the only way we get the numbers better is by actually addressing the person, helping you with your lifestyle and uh, diet and all that stuff. So uh, are you guys, I know we always have to be careful with privacy, of course, but are you guys working on any like um, interesting cases now or maybe any client things that have happened since we last talked where they're on a really... Um, like a much better traje uh, trajectory than where they were starting at. So I'd love to hear anything like that, just cool stuff or testimonials. Yeah, as a group, you know, I, I think we've mentioned this before, we really haven't niched down. Um, we were hoping to sort of allow our um, our area or or the powers that be to kind of give us um, more insight on on the on the, the, the focus that we needed to, to, to take. But um, we're just excited right now to be helping anybody that really needs it. And so we are, um, as a group, we're working from, you know, children all the way to, you know, clients in their seventies and, and eighties and just want to, you know, take a peek and, and, and see what they can improve and, uh, working with, um, in for, you know, people trying, people trying to conceive, um, working with people that are struggling with mental illness. Um, a lot of women trying to, you know, gracefully move into the into menopause and, and not suffer so severely with menopause and um we have uh let's see just there's so there's so much it's and because there's four of us it just feels like you know it, there's such a, a diverse um you know set of clients that we're seeing but i think um we do have you know i, I like i say this before like our, our clients come to us a lot of times with very um vague complaints, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not sleeping, I'm, I'm, you know, gaining weight, I'm, um, you know, I have no libido, I have, I'm de feeling depressed, I'm anxious, you know, so all of those things we're seeing consistently resolve, particularly um, weight, we have a lot of clients coming to us with, you know, just, I can't get this weight off. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, I'm seeing a lot of clients like that's sort of like an immediate thing, they're able to lose um, the weight that they want to lose. Um, and just overall, you know, improving slowly, like you say, 1% at a time, pulling away on, uh, you know, on what, on what they're suffering with. And so that's really the goal. Like, you know, I'm sure as we move on, we'll have really, you know, miraculous <laughs> things happen. And, and, but right now I'm just really satisfied with the clients that we're taking care of their, their consistent improvements. Um, and, 
you know, because this really is about, you know, quality of life. And so, you know, giving them back a sense of, of you know, authority in their health, giving them a sense of well-being, giving them a, a roadmap, and then watching that, um, you know, taking, watching all that sort of, you know, come together and, and allow them to resolve these things is really cool. So awesome. I'm still waiting for this round table podcast that we all <laughs> talked about last time. I would oh listen to that all the time. That would be flipping awesome. So let me know when that's out. Um, <laughs> we have had this on the, the video side for a little bit now, but uh, there's going to be an audio side that has no idea what I just referred to. So mm -hmm. where can people find you and the other ladies if they would like to work with you folks? Yeah. So um, you can go to our website. It's revivefunctionalwellnesssc.com. Um, and it's Revive Functional Wellness on both Facebook and Instagram. And so if you do go to our website, you can sort, you read through our bios and um, select, you can, we ask people to select um, a practitioner and uh, in, in create um, or opt into a discovery call with us so we can learn more about, you know, what, what you're experiencing and how we can help and, and go from there. Beautiful. And you know, I would have finished with this last time, but I did this with Tina as well. I think mm -hmm. it's, I'd rather get your guys answer individually. Mm -hmm. So the signature question on the show, my friend, if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and you could force us all to start doing one thing for our health, or you could force us all to stop doing one thing for our health. What is the one thing that Christy gets us to do? So I know a lot of, I know my gut instinct is to tell everybody to pull back on the processed foods and and eat those one ingredient foods and, and do all that. But I think for the sake of this um, talk, I really wanna encourage people to find their voice, to go into their um, doctor's appointments with questions and, 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 and feel worthy enough to get those answered, those questions answered. And if they can't, then to you know explore other options, but learning how to advocate and feeling confident and, and, and showing up and not feeling intimidated is, is part of um, you know the process of you know of of being you know responsible for our health and and making real improvements. I love that. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. And if anyone wants a six figure business idea, because I, I swear this would work, you need someone like a Christie that goes out as an FDN and advocates with and for patients. So it's like yeah. someone that actually like attends, you know, doctor sessions with them or whatever. And like not aggressively, but like kindly asks the right questions and advocates. People will pay to have um, a stronger, more educated voice next to them. So uh, you got a good tip and a business idea. So hopefully someone right. runs with it. They'll come back to this podcast a few years later and be like, we did it. We did. Um, thank you so much for coming on again. It was great to get to talk to you individually when we're not, uh, you know, rushed with a lot going on um, in 50 minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you so, so much.